Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 12. It's the dozen of random song encounters. Uh, we're coming to you this week, not from our usual location in the SoCal Desert, but instead from beautiful Mesa, Arizona. Weather is pretty much the same, but, uh, you know, making a little trip to visit the family for a few days. Uh, it's been, you know, we've been busy, busy, busy as of late with all the traveling around and uh, fresh from the Peter Gabriel show over the weekend, which is a great show. And, but in spite of that, you know, the podcast must go on. So uh, without further ado, let's jump into it. And something hard and fast from Joan Jett.
begins to see She says don't let go Never give up, it's such a wonderful life
There we have segment one. Started off with a bang and closed it out with a whimper. Uh, let's go back to the bang and uh, the beginning. Uh, we had, of course, Joan Jett uh, for first solo LP in Bad Reputation from 1980, uh, album title of the same name. Um, again, it was her first solo LP after the breakup of the original band she was in called The Runaways, an all-girl band. One of the first, if not the first, all-girl, or most, or I guess, popular all-girl bands back in the 70s. Um, watched a uh, documentary about Joan Jett the other night, and uh, because of that, and you know, I'd seen how tough it was for them to get started, being an all-girl group, trying to break into rock and roll, and you know, everything they had to go through, and then uh, herself after... Uh, going solo, having the same types of issues. Uh, so I thought I'd throw this in there as kind of just a, you know, shout out to Joan Jett and, the, and her struggles and everything she's gone through and, the, and you know, just got uh, inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame a couple of years ago. So, you know, uh, good things do happen. Um, this was her first solo LP again for the third time, uh, recorded as just Joan Jett before uh, her backing band, the Black Hearts, were formed. Uh, there's a video out for this thing where it reenacts uh, her trying to get, her and her, her manager trying to get 23 record labels uh, to sign them uh, to release this album and showing all 23 record labels rejecting them and then the subsequent you know, uh, uh, turnaround uh, when they finally got the, the uh, album released and went to the top of the charts and you know kind of smack in your face but uh, yeah there at the time there were only 23 record labels they tried to get every single one to sign nobody would sign them uh, the album uh, also features you know we wouldn't know this but members of the sex pistols and blondie on various tracks who she had run into through you know touring around uh, with them with as part of the runaways uh, the title of the song even refers to her, her when she was in the Runaways and you know her bad reputation that she had developed. So there you have that, Joan Jett. Uh, second, we had a another uh, crazy good female artist, Patti Smith, from the Patti Smith Group at the time, and her song "Dancing Barefoot" from the 1979 album Wave, her fourth LP. Third and final LP, though, as the Patti Smith Group. After that, she um, took a hiatus for eight, nine years and then came back just as a solo artist, Patti Smith. Um, the song title is, is kind of, or the song itself is written and supposedly dedicated to the mistress of the artist, Amadeo Magliani. Uh, her name is uh, Jean Hebatern. Uh, and she had, uh, it's written around this, um, the premise that love is an addiction and uh, what had happened apparently is that the two had met. Uh, she served as his mistress and, and his muse. Uh, she, he painted, you know, several paintings of her as part of uh, his work. They fell madly in love. They had a child together. Uh, she was pregnant with her second child, uh, and he died of, uh, got ill, and some, you know, who was disease, and died, and she was distraught over his death. They were, you know, madly in love, 
she moved in, I think, with his parents or his relatives, and within five days of his dying, she threw herself out a window and killed herself and their unborn child. So there you go, crazy love. Um, the album itself, again, uh, was produced by none other than Todd Rundgren, who we've spoken of before uh, in his multi-talents. Multi uh, so there you have that. Um, thirdly, we heard a group called Hertz out of the UK and their song Wonderful Life off a 2010 LP Happiness, which was their debut. Um, the song itself is based on two extremes. Uh, a man who wants to kill himself, he's going to throw himself off a bridge and then love, is, love at first sight uh, before he throws himself off the bridge. A woman appears, they talk, she talks him into, you know, not killing himself. They, they have this love and first sight attraction, fall madly in love, and, you know, you don't know what happens after that. They don't fast forward in time, but at least that's the, the premise and the two extremes that the song's based on. You know, it's kind of like uh, Cub and Me. It's going to be, you know, everything's going to be fine. Um, the two, uh, this is a duo group out of the UK, and they played for, with, some, with some bands together before breaking the band up and, and deciding, you know, let, we're going to do this as a duo. We like the sound we make together, and let's, let's move forward. Um, last but not least, we heard Why Does It Always Rain On Me by the uh, Scottish group Travis from their 1999 album, The Man Who, uh, which was their second LP. Uh, they formed in 1990 and their band name was based on a character from the 1984 film Paris, Texas, who some of you older folks may know, or you some of you movie buffs. Uh, one of the characters in the, name, in the movie is called Travis Henderson, so they based their band name on that. Um, the, they they kind of became fa you know, more famous. They were trying to you know, uh, get a big break in the record business. They had a deal. Uh, they put out the second album, you know, a lot of expectations, but it wasn't selling as much. They ended up playing the Glastonbury Festival, if, if you know what that is out in, or in, in uh, the UK, in 1999. And during the day, it had been dry all day, no rain, nothing that, as soon as they went on and they started playing this song, it started to rain. And so, and supposedly, you know, we're not sure if this is this part is true, but I've heard stories where it's also, and it stopped right after the song ended. Uh, so, it, nonetheless, it created this huge media buzz and fan buzz, and you know, the, the, all over Glastonbury, they were the big deal, uh, just because of what had happened during that that particular song. So, from there on, they they became, uh, you know, the album became wildly famous, and the song itself was, was greatly famous. Uh, so there you have it. Then we've uh, got into segment one, got that, got through that. Let's uh, head right into segment two and a song by a group called The Liars, but not The Liars you would think of. We can talk about that after the turn and let's go.
was 30 years old today They took away all of his toys His mother sent newspaper clippings to him About his old friends who stopped being boys There was Howard C. Green Just turned 33 His leather chair waits at the bank Sergeant Dow Jones, 27 years old, commanding his very own tank. But Lather still finds it a nice thing to do, to lie about nude in the sand. Drawing pictures of mountains that look like bumps, and thrashing the air with his hands. But wait! You know he produces the finest of sound Putting drumsticks on either side of his nose Snorting the best licks in Is it true that I'm no longer young? Mommy? And the children call him famous What the old men call insane And sometimes he's so nameless That he hardly knows what game to play Harry, Which words to say Amy. And I should have told him no I should have let him go on Smiling, baby,
Rudder bought a coconut, he bought it for the time. His sister had another one, she paid it for the lime. She put the lime in the coconut, she drank and pulled up. She put the lime in the coconut, she drank and pulled up. She put the lime in the coconut, she drank and pulled up. She put the lime in the coconut, she called the doctor, woke him up and said, Doctor, ain't there nothing I can take? I said, Doctor, to relieve his belly ache. I said, Get this straight. Put the lime in the coconut to drag a boat up. Put the lime in the coconut to drag a boat up. Put the lime in the coconut to drag a boat up. Put the lime in the coconut to call the doctor. Woke him up. Said doctor, ain't there nothing I can take? I said doctor to relieve his belly ache. I said doctor, ain't there nothing I can take? I said
have segment two and let's go work our way backwards this time up the ladder from where we just came from uh, we started out with a song called holy grail by hunters and collectors they're an australian band from their 1992 album called cut which was their seventh lp uh really great band uh, they're one of those guys uh, or groups that you know uh had been had been around for a while uh had a lot of success in Australia and other places, but could never quite uh, crack the U.S. market. Had a little bit of success here and there, but you know they had always, always, uh, you know, failed to hit it really big in the U.S. But they have a lot of great tunes. I really like them, uh, which is why I ended up playing this. Uh, one of my favorite bands from Australia. Uh, the song itself is is written uh, after reading a book called The Passion about Napoleon back in 1812 uh, marching towards Russia and where his failed march to Russia uh, 
you know, his hit the hit the winter months, and his his uh, army was decimated, and obviously failed. Uh, he's changed it around to kind of uh, you know tie it to chasing after the Holy Grail, and then uh, you know it's all based on the idea that you know regardless of what happens, stay true to your quest, and keep moving forward. Don't give up so on and so forth. So, great tune by them. Uh, before that, we heard a little bit of a novelty song by uh, Harry Nielsen out of L.A. called Coconut from his 1971 album, Nielsen Schmielsen, uh, his seventh LP. Um, it's sung in three characters, uh, the narrator, the woman, and then a doctor. Um, you know, it's all about, you know, she, the, the woman <laughs> mixes a concoction of of lime juice and coconut juice and drinks it and gets sick, calls the doctor in the middle of the night and the doctor says, you know, he's annoyed because he called her up so he says, you know, screw it, you know, screw this, uh, drink the same concoction, mix some more lime and coconut, drink it up, call me in the morning and I'll tell you what to do then. So, like I said, uh, cute little novelty song but uh, kind of like the, the groove of it. Um, it You'll, you hear a little bit in this song, but Harry Nilsson is, is known for kind of pioneering back in the day, vocal overdubs that were experimental. So if you hear to that, hear, listen to that song closely, you'll hear some of that overdubbing that he's, he became famous for. Uh, he's one of the few artists to have big success in the music business without having to perform uh, or, you know, live or tour regularly, which is a you know, kind of an oddity. Uh, especially back in those days. Um, he started out as a songwriter back in the mid-60s, writing songs for others, and then, un, uh, you know, went into his own deal, uh, was usually popular back in the late 60s, uh, early 70s. There was even an interview in 1968 uh, where the Beatles were asked what their favorite American group was, and they said Nielsen. Um, unfortunately, uh, lost Harry Nielsen in 1994, he was recording uh, what was to be, end up being his last album called Lost and Found and uh, passed away uh, in the L.A. area, Gurra Hills, I think it was. So, Prior to that, we heard a song called Daydream Nation by uh, a, not really a group, but the group is called Head Like a Kite out of Seattle off his uh, 2008 LP, There Is a Loud Laughter Everywhere, which is his second LP. The band is, is really uh, another one of these uh, soul artists, uh, a guy named David Einmo, uh, and he kind of just put this thing together as a way to play music and record with different guest artists and explore the process and different genres of music and you know see what they could come up with in that kind of a kind of a process. Uh, really great song that, that I picked up on somewhere and, and I've always always really liked it. Uh, the singer in this band is, is uh, from another band, like I said, one of these collaborations called Smoosh, also in, uh, out of the Seattle area. And uh, her name is Aisha Saavedra. I'm sorry, I probably butchered that, but uh, out of this song came uh, a collaboration, and they formed another band together called uh, Daydream Nation, same title as the song, and so they're they're recording music. I can think they put some already put out an album, or ready to put out an album under the Daydream Nation uh, title. Before that, 
we went way back to 1968 and Lather by Jefferson Airplane out of San Francisco off of their fourth LP, Crown of Creation. The song was written by Grace Slick, who's the, you know, the female member of the band, and uh, uh, it was written about one of the groups, uh, about the group's drummer, a guy named Spencer Dryden, uh, who was 29 at the time, and Grace's boyfriend. Uh, it's all about, you know, a boy who stays as young as he can for as long as he can, and until one day he's shattered by having, about hearing that he's finally has to grow up. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, the airplane actually, when recording this album, Crown of Creation, or prior to recording it, they got their manager to buy this 20-room mansion in San Francisco on Fulton Street, and which had a basement recording studio, and that's where they ended up uh, living in, in a communal setting and recording there and put the whole thing together there. And they, they, the place was called the Airplane House or the mansion uh, there in San Francisco. Uh, and then we started off with a group called The Liars out of Boston and their song Help You Ann off the 1980, 1984 uh, album On Fry, which was their first full-length album that they put out. Um, it's not Liar, L-I-A-R, but Liar, L-Y-R-E-S, which is a, a harp-like U-shaped uh, stringed instrument uh, that dates back to ancient Greece, time, Greece times, or Greek times. Uh, <clears throat> not sure that where they came up with that name. I haven't seen anything that, that recalls that, but, you know, there you go, the liars. Uh, this was their, their signature song. They're kind of a one-hit wonder. Uh, put out a couple other uh, things, but nothing really stuck. Uh, like I say, it's their signature song and their best-known song, one of the best-known songs of the 80s. There was a big garage band uh, style revival in the 80s, and this was is kind of the best-known song out of that revival. And a great tune, so uh, in itself. And so we're now through two segments, heading into the final turn, uh, segment three. And let's get a little um, southern blues rock started and the Allman Brothers Band.
And that's a great way to finish up today's episode, segment three. Um, we went a little guttural there on the prior song and then finished on a high note. But uh, let's go back to the beginning of the segment and work our way back down. We started off with the Allman Brothers Band, uh, formed in Florida, based in Georgia. As everybody knows, or most people know, uh, their song Trouble No More off their 1969 debut album, also called Allman Brothers Band. The song is a remake of a tune that was recorded by the great blues legend Muddy Waters back in 1955. Uh, the Allman Brothers Band is, was formed by brothers Dwayne and Greg Allman back in the day. Um, within, but within uh, a couple of years of putting down this debut album uh, in 1971 and 72, they lost two of their original members, brother Jane, Dwayne Allman and Barry Oakley, uh, who was the bass player, both to motorcycle accidents within a year of each other, which is crazy wild. Um, but they kept going. Uh, they've got a great catalog of music out there back in the day, you know, great you know blues walk, rock jam band. Um, uh, so what more can you say about those guys? We After that, we went to Right and Wrong by Joe Jackson out of the UK and uh, relocated and uh, been working out of New York City for a long time now. Off his 1960, 86, sorry, 60, album called Big World. Uh, his name was originally David Jackson, but he picked up the name Joe uh, based on his resemblance to a British puppet character called Joe 90. Uh, people used to always call him uh, Joe, uh, or Joe in reference to the Joe 90 thing. So he, he took to it and uh, legally changed his name in 1978 to Joe, Joe Jackson. Um, started out as a rock new wave artist. Uh, a lot his earlier LPs have that rock new wave sound, but his over the years has, has kind of worked in all kinds of genders of music. Um, you know, swing and blues and jazz and classical and salsa. Uh, he's just been all over the place and always, always uh, uh, done well at it. Put about, put out great music. This particular album is a live LP, although it, you know it has that kind of a live sound, but you don't have any crowd, crowd noise, and that's intentional. It was recorded, recorded in kind of in front of a live audience in New York City, and all, but with and all the songs are new original songs. Uh, they're they don't they weren't recorded on another you know non-live album prior to this. Uh, Joe wanted to capture the intensity and spontaneity of uh, live performance on the record, but he didn't want the background noise, uh, you know, crowd noise. So what he did, got a group of folks together and said, hey, we're going to do this, but I don't want you to make any noise <laughs> during the, the recording of the songs until you're sure the song is over with, and then you can applaud. So you don't hear any of that throughout the throughout the whole thing but you can kind of hear that kind of intensity of and sound of a live a live recording so uh, great idea uh, and it worked after that we went guttural literally uh, with a group called the gutter twins and flow like a river off their 2005 uh, EP Adorata this uh, the group gutter, gutter trends is a collaboration between uh, Greg Dully Who's uh, the lead, you know, uh, front man for the group Afghan Wigs, and Mark Lanigan, 
who was the front man for a group called the Screaming Trees back in the day. Uh, they've regularly contributed to each other's projects since about 2000, uh, I don't know, 2000 or so. Uh, so uh, this is nothing new for them. They just decided to uh, to form this group as, as a way to put their, their music out uh, mutually. Um, the name of the group, Gutter Twin, Twins, comes, come, uh, comes from a pun in homage to the Rolling Stones because it's a pseudonym to uh, the name Mick Jagger and Keith Richards used when they're publishing Stones music called the Glimmer Twins. Um, all right. Uh, the, this song, I think the song was also originally, I'm yeah, I was almost mistaken there, but I'm pretty sure this song was originally written and recorded by a band called Eleven in L.A., uh, which back in the day included members of Red Hot Chili Peppers. It was Flea, Hillel Slovak, and Jack Irons were in this group, Eleven, uh, and uh, you know they eventually met up and and started Red Hot Chili Peppers, but. Um, uh, the Glimmer Trends were, were fans of the group 11 and uh, you know with that, I think they even uh, wrote a memorial to uh, the lead singer when she passed away of uh, cancer or something of that sort uh, followed them so they took and took this song and, and re-recorded it and put it on this EP last but not least we heard Flagpole Sitta by uh, Harvey Danger out of Seattle off their 1997 LP Where Are All the Merrymakers Gone which was their debut album um, they were formed by a couple of guys who uh, were working at the University of Washington Journalism as, as or well, not working, but they worked on the school newspaper, but uh, they were journalism students at the University of Washington. They developed a court, cult following, but um, never much more than that. They were, you know, they had this one hit, Flagpole City, one hit wonder, uh, you know, and had always tried to shake that uh, as you know, wanted to get out of the one-hit wonder deal, trying to make some better music, get and not be known for just flagpole set of it. Never worked out uh, until they broke up in 2001. Uh, they reformed again in 2004, and then shut it down for good in 2009. Um, the the name of the group uh, Harvey Danger comes from a phrase that was graffitied on the wall of a student newspaper office. Uh, so there you have it. Closing out segment three and the episode this week. Uh, let's uh, move on and close this thing out. Well, we've come to the end of another episode of Random Song Encounters. Again, uh, it's episode 12. The dozen. Next week we'll have the Baker's dozen, thirteen, uh, and also next week we're going to be coming to you again from a remote location, a super secret, exciting location uh, that we'll share with you next week. Looking forward to that. Thank you again for joining us. Uh, if you're new to the podcast, welcome aboard and glad to have you. And if you've been a, uh, a loyal follower, uh, we appreciate you taking the time to uh, spend some time with us every week uh, for an hour or so and uh, hope you enjoy the music uh, again 
I enjoy great bringing it to you. I think we're going to call this episode Wonderful Life because I'm having a wonderful life at this point in time, just uh, hanging out with you all and uh, doing whatever comes to mind. So enjoy the rest of your week. We're enjoying it in Mesa, Arizona, and we'll catch you again next week. Bye for now.